We live in a, a crazy culture, and the uh, powers of darkness that be, if logic suits their purpose, they'll use it. If logic doesn't suit their purpose, they won't do it, and they'll deny the logic. And i got a couple things for you, just to show you. For instance, in sodomy, the argument is, you're born with it. But in transgender, what you're born with was wrong. Okay? In race, the biology says there's no differences. But sociology says there are differences. In gender, the biology says there are differences. But the social says there's no difference. Evolution says we've morphed. But there are no differences. Scripture says there's one creator, and there aren't any. But in evolution, there should be, and in creation, there shouldn't be. And the facts say there are none. The Muslims say sodomy is a sin and worthy of death, but that's just their culture. Christians say sodomy is a sin and worthy of correction. That's hate speech. So we are in a situation, and it's not the logic that's the common thread. The common thread is God's word. And anything that's contrary to God's word, that's what the attack is on, on every front. Cultural, scientific, family, roles that we play. So with that being said, I would like to dive into this from a scientific standpoint, the topic of race. And then I would like to give you a little bit of history of where we come in our country. And then I'd like to show you what the scripture says about race. I'll give you a sneak preview. There's only one race, and it's the human race. Race is not a biological term. It's a social term. But over the years, it's become biological, even though there isn't any biology there. And we'll prove that scientifically and with scripture. Okay, So if we were to take the animal kingdom, usually the animal kingdom is broken up into two groups. The first is those animals with vertebrae and animals without vertebrae. Today I just want to focus on the ones with the vertebrae. And basically they break those down. Some scientists pretty much agree that there's five classifications. There's mammals, there's reptiles, there's amphibians, there's birds, and there's fish. And that's basically the five uh, classes of animals with with backbones. But we're only going to bear down on the mammal part. So that's where our concentration is going to be on that thing right there. Okay? So then I go to the mammals. And those mammals are broken into several genesises. Okay? And I've got 11 of them up here. And some of them you're familiar with. There's there's the canines and the carnivores and, 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 and the primates and the marsupials and the rodents. Those are all different, uh, uh, different genus of, of different animal groups. But with today, I'm only going to focus on the primates. Okay? And this is scientific classification as of 2023. So we're going to bear down on that group. And then from there, in the primates, those primates are broken down into five different families. There's the Strepsirrhini, New World Monkeys, Old World Monkeys, Colobines, and Homo Dei. Hamidae, if I'm pronouncing that right. The Hamidae is where they are the upright 
um, monkeys are, and man is in that category also. So within these primate families, there are species. And the species are the gibbons, the bonobos, orangutans, chimpanzees, gorillas, and homo sapiens. And that's where we're at. Now, according to Darwin in 1855, he came up with a theory, and his theory included race, and his theory had race being a biological function. And what he proposed was that different groups of humans evolved out of different monkeys at different periods of time in history. So like, for instance, the Aborigines in Australia would have came from one kind of monkey maybe three million years ago, and the ones in um, northern Europe would have come from a different kind of monkey six million years ago. Now, I'm just throwing out some general numbers, but that's basically what Darwin thought. So basically, these different races of people were a function of evolution over time where there were some people that were more developed than others. That came out in 1855, and from that came in all kinds of things of looking for superior races and eugenics, and that's what Hitler grabbed a hold of, and that's what he used to justify wiping out inferior races. Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't believe any of that garbage. Okay, I do believe that the definition of race is in the Oxford English Dictionary. It's a common heritage from one ancestor, and I do believe we do have one ancestor, and that ancestor is Adam. And if you can even come down further than that a few years later, you can say it's from Noah also, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So that is the theory. It turns out that scientists in the year 2023 have disproved everything about race that Darwin said. Because they went and they looked at all mankind and they found out the genetic similarity is 99.9% exactly the same. Whether you get a pygmy from South America or you get the biggest, tallest Norwegian, blonde hair, blue eye from Northern Europe. You take a look at all their genetics, and 99.9% is exactly the same. Y'all, there's only one way that could happen. It had a common ancestor, and that ancestor is the Lord. Having Adam created Adam, and from Adam came all mankind. So, the problem is, Darwin created a bunch of language that was disproved scientifically but we still use the language, and it's the cause of confusion to a lot of Christians and non-Christians. And that's where we get in trouble. So, when the term of interracial marriage is used, what does that really mean to you? Interracial marriage. Well, really, if race is not biological, what you're talking about is intercultural marriage. Understand? According to the science, if they were different species or different levels, when the chromosomes came together, they would not be able to have children. But because they're 99.9% the same, they can have children. We can take someone from the deepest part of Africa that looks completely unlike myself, and my genetic code could be actually closer to his than it could be to Randy's, if we put our side by side. Very easily could happen. 
now we're thinking, but it looks so different. Well, skin is just one factor, and we're going to talk about skin in a little bit. Okay? But that's where we're at. That's the scientific approach. So that being said, we are going to look at that, and we're going to say from a scientific standpoint, no, this isn't a bunch of people that evolved at different people, and there are different levels of evolution, and some are more sophisticated than other. And within the species of the humanoids, they have different races that are... No, that's not wrong. That, that's wrong. Scientifically, the genetics are exactly the same. There's one race, and it's the human race. Okay. So that being said, let's go down and let's look at those five races that we throw around so readily. There's the white or the Caucasian. There's the black. There's the American Indian or Alaska Native. There's the Latino or Hispanic and uh, the Asian. We use these as races and we almost use them in terms of biology. But they aren't biology. They're sociology. It's social. It's cultural. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that and how those differences occur. Now, Darwin presented race as a scientific classification. Today, scientists agree that that's a social construct, not a scientific one. And I already quoted the statistics. 99.9% .9 of human genetics among races are identical. Number three, eugenics and sterilization resulted from Darwin's erroneous theories. Four, although much of Darwin's race theory has been disproven, terminology remains and is a source of confusion among believers and unbelievers. Okay, we have to be careful when we use the word race. What exactly is race? You hear critical race theory. What happens is the Bible says everything is the same. Science says everything the same. Our politicians are saying oh, we're different. They've got an agenda. Their agenda is to divide us so they can concentrate their power and control us. Period. Okay? So what we want to focus in on is... Um, the, um, the terminology, all right? So let's go and see what the Bible says now, all right? Now, this shouldn't be a surprise to any of you. God created all living things. Now, we looked at the classifications of the five types of vertebrae. This is how God classified them. He said in Genesis one twenty one, he said he created the aquatic creatures and the birds, okay? In one twenty five, he said he... He created the beasts, the cattle, and the creeping things. Now, what he means in the creeping things, I'm guessing it's bugs and lizards and snakes. I, that's probably all in that category, but these are God's categories. And in Genesis 1.27, on the sixth day, he created man at the end of the day, man and woman. And then he asked Adam to name all those things, which Adam did. Okay? Let's talk about race. Here's the definition in the OED. A group of persons, animals, or plants connected by one descendant or origin. I kind of like that definition. Do you think if we ask what race is today to the common person on the street, how many would give us that definition? That's the Oxford English, English Dictionary. That's not the way we use that. Genesis 3.20. Adam called his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living things. Genesis 4, 1 and 2, and Genesis 5, 3 and 4. Adam and Eve had two sons, and some time went by, and then he had many more sons and daughters. They are the father and the mother of all living creatures. When I say creatures, I mean humans. And then finally, in Luke, when you look at the genealogy of Jesus Christ, you go back, and I love this, the way they do it. He says, Enos was the son of Seth, Seth was the son of Adam, and Adam was the son of God. Isn't that cool? In other words, God made Adam. There it was. 
Okay, let's go a little bit further. I want to focus on Adam was the son of God. Okay, our father puts little stock in race. Matter of fact, man puts a lot of stock in race. You know what? That's our problem. God didn't give a flip about race. Okay? Let me read you some verses. 1 Samuel 16, 7. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the skin color. No. It says God looketh on the heart. He didn't care about skin color. He cares about the heart. Romans 10, 12. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is over all. There's no difference between Latinos and Asians and Africans and Americans and American Indians. No difference. God is over all. Galatians 3, 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male or female, yet all are one in Christ. We put stock in race. God doesn't. And then Colossians 3.11, there is neither Greek or Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, bond nor free. Christ is all and in all. He's just as much in every single person on this planet that's his elect child, no matter what race they come from. So why do we make such a big deal out of it? Well, guess what? It's nothing new. Glory puts no stock in race. Acts 17.26 He hath made of one blood all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth. That verse says there, there's not five races, there's one race. It's the human race because it's one blood. I can get a transfusion from a black man, an an Asian man, uh, American Indian that has O positive just like I do. Doesn't make a difference. Okay? Romans 5.19, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. By the obedience, many were made righteous. The, every single person in all five of those man-made created races fell the same way through Adam. And everyone is going to be saved the, way, same, saved the same way through Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 and 47, the first man, Adam, was made of a living soul. The first man is of the earth. And you know what? From that came many descendants in many parts of the world. And then finally, Revelations 5, 9. This is Jesus Christ. He was slain and redeemed us by the blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. Jesus' blood saved us all. So there is one race. It's the human race. That's what the Bible says. But why do we make it such a big deal? Okay, well, let's go on. I want to focus on that slain and redeemed us by the blood of Christ. Genetic race means more to people than it does to God. That means skin color, eye shape, um, texture of the hair. I remember one time I was in, I was in um, at the bank. This is a long time ago. And there was a, a woman that came out of the back room and they were having a discussion. <laughs> They tried to have their religious discussions away from me because they knew I usually was going to stop it real quick. But they were having an argument. There was this two people, and one, one person came out of the back and said, Jesus was black. And the other person said, no, Jesus was white. And I said, you know, it's kind of funny. I says, when I go to the Middle East and I look at those people in the Middle East, I says, you know what? Their skin is darker than mine. 
but it's lighter than yours, talking to an African-American. And I says, you know something? Their hair is curlier than mine, but it's straighter than yours. And I says, you know what? Their nose, it's bigger than mine, but it's smaller than yours. And you know what? Conversation was over right there. (laughs) We make a difference about it. We want to argue about black Jesus, white Jesus. No, in the Bible, there is no black and white. We're all the same color. We just different shades of the same color. And we'll get into the skin color in just a second. Here's some verses. Numbers 12, 1 through 15. Marion and Aaron got very angry at Moses. Remember why? He married an Ethiopian and he prophesied. Guess what? It didn't go too well for them, did it? You married an Ethiopian. Why does race mean so much? You know, when I'm using race, I'm using the man-made categories of race. Why does it mean so much? Because we are afraid of different. First Kings 11 and 4, when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart after other gods. God was angry at Solomon, not because he had, quote unquote, interracial marriages. He had marriages with unbelievers. That was the problem. Got it? John 1 and 46, Nathaniel said, can there anything good come out of Nazareth? He was even prejudiced within his own geographic country. I will share this with you, that um, I I will not pretend that cultural differences don't exist. Uh, When I married my first wife, my late wife, we were talking about a city slicker out of Detroit, Michigan, who married a country girl out of the rural Georgia. We had a lot of adjustments. We had Our biggest fight was in the first month of our marriage when she took the spaghetti noodles and she cracked them in half. Oh my, talking a half Italian person, you don't crack the noodles, you can't spin them around your fork. I thought we were going to get a divorce over that. Okay, but that's, that's a cultural thing. You got it? That's the way the Southerners did it. And they put three syllables in the word light. I don't understand that either. Okay? Acts 11, 2 and 3. The Jews contended with Peter. You know why they contended with him? Because he ate with Gentiles. How dare you, Peter, eat with those people? For some reason, race means a whole lot more to people than it did to God. Okay? But you know what? Spiritual race means more to God than it does to people. You know how I define spiritual race? Your faith. That means a lot to God. He doesn't care about the skin color. He cares about the heart. Are your hearts lining up? Got it? Nehemiah thirteen twenty seven. You do this great evil to transgress against our God and marrying strange wives. Once again, God was not angry at these Jewish people for marrying outside their quote-unquote race. He was angry because they married outside their faith. Here's two things you got to remember in Matthew 1, 5. Salmon begot Boaz of Rahab, who was a non-Hebrew. And Boaz begot Jesse of Ruth, who was a non-Hebrew. In Jesus' lineage are people of quote-unquote other races. But you know what? Both those women were converts. Both of them married converts. They married in spiritual race, 
but they didn't marry in the physical or the genetic race. God doesn't have a problem with that. Okay? Number four, 2 Corinthians 6.14, be not unequally yoked with people of different skin color. No, that's not what it says. You know I'm being silly, right? Be not unequally yoked with unbelievers. What communion hath light with darkness? That is not skin color. That's talking about spirituality. God does not have a problem with the skin. He has a problem with the heart and the faith. Okay? So that's what we're going to focus on. All right. God designed skin color with functionality in mind, not segregation. I'm going to give you a little science lesson here. And I got this from Ken Ham up there in um, uh, the... the, the uh, Creation Museum, okay? Hey, uh, scientists have discovered melanin is a major pigment that produces skin color in humans. Got it? All right, let me show you something here, okay? The darker the skin color, the more abundant and the larger the melanocytes in their skin. I like to look at it this way. This is kind of a, this is a real, I am not science background, so I'm going to give it to you like I would be talking to, to like, like an eight, eight-year-old, okay? And I'm not trying to belittle you, I'm belittling me because that's what it takes for me to understand it. The, 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 this melanin, I kind of look at it as like umbrellas that protects you from sun, okay? And when you're down near the equator... You need a lot of umbrellas in your skin to protect you from those harmful rays. Got it? And when you're way up in the north where you don't get very much sun, you don't even need an umbrella. You know why? Because you need all that sun you can get. It's called in the form of vitamin D. It's good for you. Got it? That's all melanin is. It has a functional purpose. So what happens is if you are living down near the equator... And when you're in the equator, you know what? Melanome makes you healthier. It makes you stronger. It makes you live longer and makes you produce more children. Got it? And when you go up to Norway, about all the way to the Arctic Circle, the people with not very much melanin are stronger, are healthier, they live longer and have healthier children. So you know what happens over time? Those traits of having a lot of melanin versus having little melanin become dominant traits, and the people in those geographic areas tend to look like each other. That's how it happened. It wasn't the curse of Ham. It was a functional purpose of skin. God designed the human body to be flexible. And when you were in an area, a geographical location, you could adapt to survive in that. And then as you had offspring, those traits did. And if you didn't have those traits, you did not live as long. You weren't as healthy. You didn't have as many kids. And that became a dominant trait. So those near the equator had, I call them blockers. They have more blockers. Those away from it, they're the other near the poles. They have less blockers, and it helps them to flourish. Okay, so it becomes a dominant skin trait. Got it. It's a hard word to say. Okay, racial discrimination is not new to the church. This is something we created in the Deep South. It's not something in Detroit. It's not something after the Civil War. It's not something before the Civil War. It was there from the very beginning. I want to show it to you. 
Okay, in Galatians 2, 11 through 13, Peter did not eat with Gentiles, but when the Hebrews were come, this is uh, Gen- uh, Galatians 2, 11 through 13, but he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them that were of the circumcision. You get it? Peter went to this church of Galatia, and they were having a potluck after church, and he was eating with them. And all of a sudden, the Jewish the Jewish entourage came down from there. As soon as they walked in the door, he backed away. He said, I'm not eating with them people. Paul laid him out for being a hypocrite. He laid him out. Okay? You know what that was? It was racial discrimination, even back then. Ephesians 2, 12 through 14 there was a problem at the church at Ephesus. We were a far, we far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. Paul is telling the people at Ephesus, hey, I am a Jew, you are a Gentile. There's a time where we could not worship together. Jesus Christ busted down that door, and he says, now we're one in corporate worship. There's only one race. It's the human race. Romans 2, 13 through 15. When Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, show the work of the law written in their hearts. Paul was fussing at them, and he says, there's some Gentiles that God has been working in, and they're showing more spoots of the spirits than you are that grew up in the faith. He said, wake up. And then you go to the book of Romans, and you can't believe, if, if, if you ever read the book of Romans, the book of Romans is a really hard book. First of all, it's so deep. And Paul's sentences are huge. Sometimes their sentences go on for 12 or 14 verses, and they're so long, and they're so intricate. But if you can ever take the time to power read the book of Romans, you will be amazed. I believe they had just as much racial tension as they did up in Galatia. When you read that book, notice in verse 1 it says he's comparing Greeks and barbarians. In chapter 2, 25 and 26, he's comparing circumcision with uncircumcision. In chapter 3, he's comparing Jews and Gentiles. In 4.13, he's talking about Abraham's seed versus Abraham, people of Abraham's faith. He's talking about a genical, or he's not talking about genetic race. He's talking about spiritual race. He says that's what matters. In chapter 9 and verse 6, he says all of Israel are not of Israel. He says your skin color, your genetics, your pedigree, the, the, the country on your birth certificate, that's got nothing to do with being a child of God. It's your heart. It's your faith. And then finally, in Romans 10, 12, he says there's no difference between Jew and Greek. So when I look at this, I'm thinking, how as we as a New Testament church did we get ourselves in such a trouble? We pretend that we think Darwin was a crackpot, and in many ways he was. And he created a bunch of doctrine or theories. I guess you call it theology, but it's theories. And they really took root, especially in the 1900s. I mean, you talk about Woodrow Wilson, you talk about Hitler, you talk about Margaret Sanger. All those people jumped on eugenics. I mean, it was the fad. 
John Dewey, who did our education system, he was a big, you look at the big psychiatrist, the, the Hall, and and all those folks that, that started the psycholo- psych, psychiatric profession, they were all big proponents of this. They all bought into it. And it really created some fundamental divisions in our country, made us look at people. Now you look at our country now and we're thinking, okay, we've gotten over that. There was a time when all the influx was coming in from Europe. I, I, I know, the racial discrimination, it's, it's, it's coming waves. There was a time where the Irish were the lower class. There was a time where the Italians were the lower class. You know, I, I, you, know you ever hear Italian called the WAP? You know where that came from? It's when they came over and they came through the Statue of Liberty to Ellis Island. WAP, without papers. That's where they came from. That's how they got their nickname, without papers. And then you come through, and then it was the Chinese coming from Asia over into, they were the second-class citizens. And there was the blacks, and they were the second. There, there's always the second-class citizens. And now we got CRT trying to make the whites the second-class citizens. Y'all, it's the same thing. We're just picking a different group to pick on. And all it is is it's, it's political divisiveness to try to control you. They don't want you thinking like God. They don't want you unified. They don't want you of one accord. They want to s- separate, divide, and conquer. We can't let them do that. So as a church, we look at race. Yes, I believe in race. I believe in one race, the human race, God's race. I believe we're all sinners in the same way by the same genetics. We are all made righteous by the same brother, Jesus Christ. His blood is was shed for all of his children. And that's how we're glory bound. You know, I think of someone, you know, I, I just, you know, uh, uh, I think of a, Someone like a basketball player like Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, he looks like he's a real generous guy, a real jovial guy, but he's like six foot something. No, he's seven foot something, like seven two or something like that. And he weighs way, probably twice my weight. We stand by side by side and you go, man, you don't look anything alike. We look at the chromosomes, 99.9% identical. Really? Yeah, because we're looking at by our eyeballs. We're looking at the, the structure of our bodies and our cells and our blood cells and our skeletons and our organs and, 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 and within the blood and the, the proteins and the enzymes and the way our brains work and the nervous system and our toenails. His baby toe probably tucks in just like mine in an ugly way. Do you understand? We are 99.9% exactly the same. And the world would want to divide us the best way they can. We've got to be recognize it. We've got to be aware of it. And we've got to be strong to face it and deny it. 